Hey, 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 what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Thriving Minds Podcast with your host, Walter Parada, where we strive to provide you with empowering talks so you can live to thrive. I hope you find yourself in the right frame of mind, focusing on the things within your control. All right, so today's episode is the importance of self-education. Generally, when we think about education, maybe the first thing that's thought of is the school system, where it's a formalized way of attaining knowledge that that's the right and only place to get it. You know, teachers and educators have been trained and specialized in how to deliver the right content to help students develop academically, to to equip them with the right information so they can have a successful career or, or a way of making a living. There's a debate of the purpose of education. Some see it as a necessity to advance society, to be engaged, and develop a skill set that contributes to the economy. Others see it as a way to promote obedience and conformity, where a select few dictate the masses. But whatever way you see education, it does serve a valuable purpose in gaining relevant knowledge to better ourselves. We all are naturally curious, and the things that we're not familiar with, we want to know more. It's what prompts us to slow down and think about what we're trying to process. Think of when young kids start to really ask questions, and this comes from their want to just understand what's going on. Now, if a child starts asking too many questions, the adults might be a bit annoyed and they'll try to dissuade them from asking so many questions. And if that happens, that's where part of the curiosity that a child has is stifled. This gives off mixed signals that questioning things is bad and can affect the child's want to know more and could just lead them to being obedient, to not think and just do what they're told. I remember that was seen as a valuable thing that you wanted in a child, where the more obedient you were, the more valued you were. That you listen to your parents, that you listen to your teachers, and you do exactly what they tell you to do. And this is understandable because adults are the ones trying to protect the kids, and the adults understand, or think they understand, all the dangers involved, and they want to keep them safe. The physical harm is what adults want to protect kids from, from being hurt or kidnapped. But in just conditioning kids to be obedient, it takes away their uniqueness, molding them into what others want instead of what their child needs to thrive. And being obedient does serve a purpose, right? If a parent or teachers instill very good habits, such as a child picking up after themselves, being polite to others, These are things that are very valuable, but when it comes to doing exactly as I say, when I say it, that can be a bit much. So things like forcing a child to eat all their food or eat all their vegetables before they can leave the table, that might seem a a bit too much. And now I get it. It's not just about treating kids like adults, and there needs to be a healthy structure to guide kids so they can fend for themselves. And nowadays, this is much more understood and accepted which is why kids get a little bit more choices of what they want instead of just being told, this is what you're going to do or this is what you're going to get. So that old school way of just do what you're told, a lot of that comes from how authoritative figures handles those that oversaw them or were responsible for. So if we think about how discipline was probably handled in the school system 60 years ago, if a kid was misbehaving, they suffer some sort of consequence. Some of the extreme cases would be hitting a child to get them to fall in line. 
but this would also carry into other aspects. So if a child isn't performing well and understanding the information that the teachers are, are teaching, usually through test results, they also would be reprimanded. Some of the tactics used could be shaming the students that are not performing well or praising those high performers that can make everybody else feel bad. And this largely relies on instilling fear so students can rise up to what they're expected to do. The idea of education is to learn and grow, but much of the focus is mirrored on how the economy is measured. It's about preparing students most of their lives to enter and contribute to the workforce. So an economy is measured based on its output and the goods and services and, the, and revenues related to that. The school system will follow the same concept where they measure headcount and how each of the students in the classrooms perform based on test results. And students are valued based on how they perform in school. The better that they perform in school, the more they're valued, saying how great and smart that they are. Obviously, parents will highlight a kid's success to emphasize how much they're proud of them. The more praise given, the more that the kids will pursue doing well in school. But this can condition people to be more valued in terms of external things. I got A's in all my classes, so I'm much more significant and feel so much better about myself. This then trickles later in life where the amount of money is earned is where significance comes from. And this goes the same in the opposite direction. So if a student isn't doing well and they're getting C's and D's and maybe even F's, they're going to see themselves as being less valuable, being less wanted. And this is going to affect their want to be better or their want to learn just in general. They might say, why should I learn if I'm not getting the grades that others expect? Teachers and parents may see them as being a problem. Obviously, they might be going through some sort of troubles, but that alone should not be what defines them. Ideally, we would want a supportive environment that helps them to really learn and grow that is not so heavily dependent on a grade that tells them, really in a nutshell, how much they're worth. The lower the grade, the lower they're worth. And this really just drives home the point of learning for results instead of for its own sake because it can really satisfy our own sense of curiosity. And a lot of this just further conditions people to really fear failure, that when you fail, you're bad, that you're a failure in some way. But instead, it should be more focused on the process, process of learning, and not so much the end result. So while it's understandable that when a parent has a child that is performing exceptional in school, they're naturally going to be praised for it. But too much of that can emphasize those end results, how they're being viewed. And this can be a little bit tricky. So instead of just seeing that the grades students get, how about we put more emphasis and value more of their want to learn, their progress that they make. We really want them to grow into themselves instead of what others or society want them to. Just look at how classes are generally structured. They really do replicate what the working environment is for an adult. So the general working hours of 9 to 5, and this is going to differ slightly for the schools, which could be from 7 to 2 or 2.30, around that range. So at work, you clock in or you get into work at whatever you're scheduled to be there. And it's about completing all the different tasks to meet whatever quota or expectation. And the schools will have the same thing. The alarm bell rings. You got to be in class at a certain time. And then when the alarm bell rings again, you move on to the next class or you go to lunch 
or signals, it's time to go home. You can also see other parallels between the two. In the work environment, there's a boss or a manager that talks about whatever the company is focused on. They're delivering information, and then the employees are the ones that execute on that. Now, there might be some discussion and collaboration on how it's going to be done, but then after that, it's do your job in silence. Well, in the classroom, it's a similar thing where a teacher's up in the front where all the students are looking up to and following whatever information that they're saying. And yes, certain subjects, there's going to be opportunities for discussion, but then it's also about taking notes or demonstrating that the students understand what the teachers are talking about, but in silence. So it lacks that collaboration, that communication piece that can really accelerate a student's learning. So the point I'm trying to make here is we're essentially being conditioned to absorb information and basically regurgitate it, to use less of our uniqueness and more of doing what the authoritative figures want. Think of those students that struggle in math or they're not interested in history or they're not very strong writers. They can be seen largely as weak in those areas. But do we ever stop to think about that they're just not strong in those areas and that doesn't mean there's a problem? That doesn't mean that they should be forced to improve significantly or to be on par with everybody else. One subject that I really struggled with was chemistry. And that doesn't mean that there was something wrong with me. I don't need to excel at it because I wasn't going to be a chemist or use it on an everyday basis. This is why we all specialize in a certain field. We don't need to be strong at everything. You know, you can just think about the workforce in general. There's a reason why jobs and careers are focused on certain elements or certain areas of competence. Look at electricians and plumbers and construction workers or architects or engineers or mechanics. These are all professions where people have a skill set that they use and they don't have to know how to do all that stuff. A plumber doesn't need to know electrical work, maybe some basic stuff to help out. So why is there this expectation that students need to know all these different subjects and perform very well at them? And I get it. Yes, the concept is nice of exposing them to so many different subject matters so students can find what they like. But if a student isn't performing well and it's because of the interest is not there, then maybe it's okay to let them focus on the strength that they do have. If they're strong at reading and writing, why should they be forced to become so much more better at math? Yes, math is important so we can understand how to manage finances, manage our daily lives related to numbers. But sitting in a classroom alone isn't the only way. We can also learn through informal ways, through our parents, through our friends, through our peers, but hopefully they're things that are actually founded in truths and not just opinions. The formal way of teaching is teaching all the tools that can be mundane and almost loses sight of the big picture. It's the concept of getting lost in the trees and not being able to see the forest. So this results in going down a rabbit hole and just staying stuck there. So all these different subject matters that are taught in the classroom focus on specific things. But what if it was to be introduced from a big picture point of view, that macro environment to see how things are all connected, and then we can dive into so many different micro subjects. If we think about a cooking class, they're going to go through all the different measuring devices and the tools used in cooking, and this right off the bat can lose a lot of people's attention. You know, each of us only has so much attention that we can give to certain things. So it's important that in the beginning it's relevant. 
So instead of that, what if we started with the thing that we're aiming for? We all can relate to our favorite foods. And if we think about that, we'll then start to think through, how do I make that if you don't already know? So if one of your favorite foods is pizza, you're going to try to figure out exactly how to make all that happen instead of just walking through all the different individual things needed to to make it, such as maybe use a rolling pin or yeast or measuring cups. Knowing that big thing that you're aiming for is going to help you just learn on your own to dig and find that information you need to, to make that pizza. This way of seeing the macro, that big picture, really helps to focus on all the moving parts to, to make what you're aiming for possible. And this can relate to so many different subjects when it comes to learning, about being educated and gaining knowledge. So if it's about engineering, instead of diving into all the details involved, it's about getting familiar with all the different types of engineering work, getting you to want to learn more on your own. I think this is a huge thing that is lacking in many of the traditional educational systems, where instead of the students being the ones that are looking for the information, the teachers, the educators are force-feeding them with information. And this can lead to being turned off by wanting to learn more because for many, the information that is being taught is just not intriguing to them. It's not relatable or relevant to what they're thinking or how they're seeing the, the world. Instead, it should be giving the students ideally enough information where they're searching for it on their own. So instead of just teaching to the tools like integers or fractions in math, where it's addition and subtraction or whatever it might be, calculus, algebra, it should be taught more in a practical matter. You know, those real world bases to teach to the problem. Things like how to run a business, what you should price goods and services at, all the costs involved in how much you intend to profit from what's being sold. Or if you intend to film a movie and somebody who's more of a visionary that positions characters and how they contribute to the theme of the movie, the math can be related to the budget of the movie. This is going to include like how much you're going to pay actors and the people involved, the special effects, and all those types of things. This can really help a person want to learn how a certain subject matter relates to the industry or, or their interest. So a film director doesn't need to know all the financing pieces involved in shooting a movie, but they do need to have an understanding to be a successful one. This then makes all the information involved a lot more relevant and apparent that has the ability to stick longer as opposed to just using information to take a test. And then when you do go to shoot a movie and you have enough money, you can hire an accountant or a finance officer, someone that handles all the budgeting. There's just too much of a, I think, unrealistic expectation that students should know how to do all these different things, that they should be so well-versed for them to be really successful. This is just way too much and really inefficient because any business or any industry, there's people that specialize in certain things that helps the operation run smoothly. If we just think about a shoe company, there's so many different people that bring their own talents that allow the business to really perform well. There's the creators that design all the different shoes. Then there's the people who actually make that vision of the shoe come alive. And then there's the factory portion of making it on a mass scale. And there's the marketing people and the finance people. It's unreasonable to think that one person can do all this and have a highly successful company. 
Know that education is not about getting a diploma or a college degree. It signals that you're capable of certain things, but not a guarantee. It proves that you completed the coursework, and it shows that you can do your chores, that you can work at something that in some ways can be pretty annoying, like homework assignments and term papers. So a piece of paper with a grade on it does not define your worthiness, your intelligence, or your capability to go out there and earn a living. But what happens is school is used to measure and is supposed to be evidence of how you're going to perform in the future. Remember, the past is not a predictor of your future, but your behaviors are. If you behave the same way you did in the past, then that's going to be an indication. You're probably going to repeat the past. I kind of see this the same way as resumes. They have a purpose, but it's very limited in what it tells about a person. It doesn't show how much integrity they have or how much they're willing to overcome the challenges that they face or being able to lead in hard times or if they're even a good fit. It just shows highlights that doesn't capture the entirety of a person. And that's part of what school does. It doesn't capture the entirety of a person. It's just a glimpse of how they performed in a controlled environment that may be not suitable for them. So really, it's actually limiting many great people simply because of a score or a grade that they got. How can you expect a freshwater fish to perform well in a saltwater environment? Do we come to ask ourselves if the student is in the right environment to thrive and not that there's a problem with them? That the problem is with the way the school system is designed? That it's input and output conditioning people to compare themselves and if you don't compare well, then you're less than or not worthy of. This just further motivates students to fear failure, that others guilt them for not being like the rest. Completing school is not an exceptional thing, because what exceptional abilities did it take to complete it? But what is exceptional is someone being able to fight through a very sickening disease, or overcoming a major setback in their lives, or dealing with just any sort of adversity yet they're able to be better for it. We learn a lot more about ourselves when things are not going well because it shows us how we respond to it as opposed to just when things are going smoothly. Anybody will act great when nothing goes wrong. So if you got straight A's, yeah, good for you. I'm more concerned about how do you respond from possibly getting an F to what you do from there. Are you going to wallow in self-pity or is that the time to really focus in on how you're going to bounce back from it? Think about how the schools have grades, you know, from kindergarten to grade 12, you know, grade 7, 8, 9, 10, and all that. This follows an assembly line. Some kids are going to be more advanced than others, and others are going to be lagging the average, but that doesn't mean something is wrong. Some people are late developers, and that shouldn't be frowned upon. We need to be patient and allow them to grow and develop. People have different abilities at different times, and it shouldn't be because they're in grade 7, they should know how to read at a certain level or do math at a certain level. This just further conditions to be like the average, to be like everybody else, to keep up with the herd. Can you imagine if Sir Richard Branson, the billionaire, would have put his self-worth into how the school system viewed him as? He wouldn't have been a billionaire even though he struggled in school. He saw that he could succeed outside of school. It makes more sense to cater the education to match a student's aptitudes and abilities. This allows them to really accelerate their learning and allows them to focus on being themselves as opposed to trying to keep up with others 
or the expectations that teachers and parents have of them. This also breaks free from pigeonholing people where grade does not dictate how they're treated and how they're viewed. Think about if you were to get a business proposal from a 35-year-old man and he has a very compelling business plan and is looking for investors to make the business happen. Now, if a 12-year-old girl has that same exact business plan and was also looking for investors so she can bring the business to life, which one would you choose? If it's the same business plan, why would it really matter? Would the assumption be that the 35-year-old man demonstrates maturity, but we don't know if he's conniving and just looking to take your money? Maybe one of the hesitancies with the 12-year-old girl is she's not mature or she hasn't been through real-world experiences like the 35-year-old man. It's assuming many unknowns based on age that will influence how the proposal is viewed. Another thing to come to think about is how students are physically positioned when they're supposed to be learning. Kids are naturally active and their inability to move throughout the day can cause them to not pay attention to what's being taught. It might even upset them. And this is a very ineffective way of spending our time. Students should actually be actively moving when they're learning as opposed to just sitting down and listening to somebody force feed them a bunch of information. If you find yourself struggling in school for whatever reason, you can take action towards what fits you best. Let go of how you compare to others or the expectations others have of you and instead focus on the things that really interest you. Dive into and really learn the ins and outs for your own sake. This can be so powerful because you decide where you're taking your future instead of others influencing what you should do. This is especially important for those that are teenagers and young adults because it's almost like you need to unlearn all the in-the-box thinking that the school systems has taught. That there's only one correct answer for the problem that you're facing. What you're eventually going to find out through this self-exploration is that there's multiple right answers. There's multiple ways of doing things. And this is going to help you get back your creative side when you were that child with all that wide-eyed wonder to play and have fun, to create, as opposed to just being dictated by what's right and what's wrong. All that correctedness that, no, it's not done that way, and instead do it this way. Essentially, the school system has taught us to not trust ourselves and to trust in what we're being told. Let yourself question any and everything. If it doesn't make sense, gain more information where you do have an understanding and you can form your own opinions to think critically and know that if you're different from others, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with you. What's gained from this is your uniqueness to lead the way so you can be much more accepting of yourself. I know for a long time I measured my self-worth based on how well I did in school and I think my mom would too, to a certain degree. I understand she just wanted me to do well in school so I can have various options. And there was a time where I didn't do well in school so I would feel bad about myself and I would think that I wasn't smart, I wasn't capable of. I remember thinking that I couldn't get into certain colleges because of my test scores. And later I realized that was just a bunch of limitations I put on myself. And I remember when I got my college degree, for me, it kind of felt underwhelming. But for my mom, it was such a proud moment. And I kind of would think about, did I really need to do that? Honestly, I wasn't any prouder of myself, but that was a good thing because it helped me not tie my worth to an end result. 
And a lot of the thoughts that I had throughout school was that something was off. I remember I would always have these discussions that the school system is not the only way to find success because first, each person must define what their success is and then you can work to gain whatever information, whatever skills to improve yourself. If you happen to find yourself in this type of situation, don't let school or the education system hold you back from believing that you can do great things. Getting a college degree isn't the only answer for you. Take your time and figure out what you want to do and be hungry for that knowledge that you seek out. But make sure you hold yourself accountable. You got to seek this information. You got to self-educate yourself. Follow your interests and your passions because they're going to lead the way to great opportunities. Let's get away from others force-feeding us information and telling us what to think and how to think. Get back to the basics of who you are by breaking free from the limitations that others have put on you. Create your own future by just educating yourself. For me, this has been a special episode because I've always held this subject matter close to myself. And I've also had to unlearn many of the things that the school systems taught. I no longer value myself based on how I did in school. And because of that, I can focus more on the process. I'm not as results oriented as before. And I'm better for it. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're interested in more topics like this, become a Thriving Minds member at www.thrivingminds.live. It's your personal development resource so you can build that right mindset so you can live to thrive. All right. Until next time.